Hey, what's up everybody? It's Jeff Grammer with the Albuquerque Journal. Hope you guys are doing good. This is episode 30 now of the Talking Grammar podcast. Been a while since the last one, but uh, crazy times. Obviously, everyone's going through um, some unique situations right now with the pandemic and everything that's going on. So much appreciated for for you guys that stuck with us through all that and have been reading our coverage in the Albuquerque Journal and online at abqjournal.com. Today, we got some basketball to talk about again, though, and some Albuquerque ties to an actual live sporting event that starts on Saturday, July 4th, and it's the basketball tournament. Most of you that might be listening are probably sports fans and probably are aware of this tournament now, but this year's version, the the seventh, I believe it is, is in Columbus, Ohio, and in unique circumstances, of course. There's a quarantine environment where the entire tournament, all the players and coaches and everybody have to be tested multiple times before being allowed into into the hotel for the event. And for 10 or 15 days, they're, they're stuck in the hotel, uh, cannot leave, get tested again. And any positive COVID-19 test disqualifies the whole team. So unique situation where they're going to have this tournament, this 24-team single elimination, winner-take-all, $1 million purse basketball tournament that starts Saturday. And Albuquerque Academy graduate Cody Topper, former Phoenix Suns assistant, uh, current Memphis Tigers assistant coach under Penny Hardaway um, in the college ranks. He is actually coaching one of the teams, the number five seed, Everline Drive. And he, I talked to him. I have a conversation with him today in this podcast talking about what it's like participating um, in, in such a unique event. It, like the, the basketball tournament's unique in and of itself, just the format and some of the rules. But this year in particular with the quarantine situation, with the testing, there have been four teams that have already been disqualified and all four alternates. The, the tournament had four alternate teams ready to go. All four of them, as of Friday afternoon as I'm recording this, all four of them had already been um, placed into the tournament field. So all the alternates are gone now. If another team comes up with a with a positive COVID test, they're out of luck and they're, they're going to be disqualified as well and just uh, their opponent gets a bye to the next round. But Cody Toppert is in this tournament. His uh, his team, Everline Drive, is a perennial contender in this event. They're in every year, uh, do really well. And someone approached him about about coaching in it, and he, he talked to Penny um, at Memphis and decided, yeah, man, this is a this is a a good opportunity for him and his coaching development, but also just to get back to basketball. And that's what everybody wants right now. Everybody's in the sports world anyway. Obviously, serious things a lot more serious than sports are going on right now, but we all need a little bit of a distraction and and this tournament should should allow for that. So I talked to Cody a little bit about that. Um, talked to him about one of the other opponents, one of his potential opponents, although he's on the other side of the bracket in this tournament, is somebody he used to train extensively with in the summer times here when he would come back to Albuquerque. And that's Bryce Alford, who I will have a podcast with sometime next week. I'll post it. But I talked to Bryce as well about playing in the tournament and just sort of what what's going on with him. And and Cody in the conversation in today's podcast, in episode 30 of this podcast, is is kind of giving us a rundown on not only the basketball tournament, but what it was like coaching this past year with Penny Hardaway and the Memphis Tigers. And just kind of updating where he's at in his college coaching uh path right now. And it's unique times for everybody. So I appreciate Cody taking the time to talk with me. And uh, again, next week we will have a, a podcast that I'll post with Bryce as well, talking about some of the same stuff, the, the basketball tournament, and just what his basketball life is like right now with uh, everybody going through some pretty unique times. So hope you like this one. Again, keep following us along um, in the Albuquerque Journal, in the sports section, and the news section, of course. A lot of good updates there on, on things going on 
that obviously have nothing to do with the game since there haven't been any games. But there, those that are those that have been reading long, but not realize there's been a whole lot of news in the last week, week and a half in the in the sports world around Albuquerque. So, a lot going on. Finally, we have some actual basketball with some Albuquerque ties. And uh, here we go. Here's my conversation with Cody Topper, who will be coaching in the July 4th through 14th, the basketball tournament, TBT, that'll be broadcast on ESPN. Hope you enjoy. All right, Cody, I appreciate you uh, you joining me here. And uh, you got a, you got a busy summer. Not everybody has sports going on right now, but but you do. Why don't we start by sort of you explaining kind of where you're at right now and, and then what's coming up for you? Yeah, currently I'm in uh, the Hyatt Regency in Columbus, Ohio here. I'm in quarantine, took uh, my fifth COVID test and uh, just waiting those results to be released into the inner bubble here and going to coach in the TBT, which should be a pretty fun experience. Good to get back to coaching basketball and get some coaching reps. Well, tell us how you kind of, um, obviously how you got involved, who you're coaching and, and sort of you know, what, what exactly this means. It's, it's such short notice for, for these teams to get together anyway. So, uh, you know, I'll, I'll ask you all this stuff. How, how, what is the role of a coach even? Is it, is it more or less when it's kind of not as much time together and all that? But tell us who you're coaching and kind of how that came about. Yeah, uh, Matt Mitchell, uh, who has had a team in the TVT, you know, every iteration of the tournament, um, reached out to me and asked if I'd be interested in coaching and asked if Penny would be interested in kind of supporting our team and uh so he came to me and penny and we talked about it and uh you know penny was all in uh he was excited uh for it and uh so i said all right i jumped in my car yesterday at 4 a.m and and uh drove all the way up here so uh we've got a heck of a team too by the way we've got a really good team and we've lost some players to COVID. to be honest with you every team here has yeah the testing was extensive on the way up here uh, like I said, I, I, I took four tests before even arriving to Ohio. Uh, I took a test when I got here. <clears throat> um, so the testing, again, like I said, it's, uh, it, it's, it's significant, which to me is, uh, is obviously a good thing, taking all those precautions. And it'll be good to, you know, to get back out on the court. But also, obviously, we haven't had any live sports. I think this will be the first live sporting event, uh, you know, broadcast on ESPN since the pandemic. And, I think we're all tired of uh, watching the uh, the Korean baseball league. I've been saying, yeah, Korean baseball. We got got some marble racing. The documentaries were cool for a while. I'll, I'll even ask you about that a little bit. But um, yeah, we're, we we want to see some live team sports now. We're ready. We are ready. Exactly. Absolutely. And uh, you know that's why I'm excited to be here. So so tell the so I forget what seed you are. I don't have the bracket in front of me. I think you guys are top four seed though, aren't you? Yeah, we have a bye. Maybe we're like the fourth or fifth. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. But, um, you know, to me, the I looked at the roster, so the seating doesn't seen, make yeah, much sorry. sense. Yeah, so, be, I mean, the seating doesn't make much sense. I don't think they're evaluating the actual strength of the players when they're putting together seating. So, I think that there are certain teams that have been in it before. And so, you know, they're they're doing up the seeds, uh, you know, in, in kind of in that respect. You're You're going to be coaching a team that, Obviously, and you're right about the seeding. I mean, I get okay. If you want to put last year's champion and, and overseas elite, okay. If those are the one and two with last year's champion and overseas elite every year is is right there, maybe that. But after that, yeah, I don't I don't quite understand the seeding after that. Um, your your roster. Who are some of the guys that that highlight the roster that uh, maybe people should should look out for and and um, stuff like that. 
Yeah. Uh, so we've got, you know, Tim Quarterman is uh, he, he, he played for the Portland Trailblazers. I had him in, in summer league with the, uh, with the Houston Rockets. Uh, so he's, he's on the team. He's outstanding player. Uh, great guy as well. Uh, we have uh, Dusty Hannes. He's had uh, call-ups with the Memphis Grizzlies, plays for the Memphis Grizzlies G League team, played at the University of Arkansas. Uh, we have J.P. Makura. Uh, he was on a two-way with the Charlotte Hornets before. He uh, plays in the G League as well, uh, played at Xavier. Uh, we have Kaiser Gates, also played at Xavier. Uh, he currently plays for the uh, main Red Claws, the Boston Celtics G League team. Uh, really solid player there. We've got Shaq Buchanan, uh, most notably played with uh, John Morant at Murray State. But uh, he's been uh, with the Memphis Grizzlies G League team. He's, he's got a, job. If I'm not mistaken, he's the brother of Sean Buchanan here at New Mexico State back in uh, back here in Las Cruces. I think they're brothers. There you go. You're probably right. Uh, Maybe I shouldn't say that with the Mexico, sure, Yeah. If it, had to, if it had to do with the Aggies, I don't know if my family would allow me to, uh, <laughs> to have any positive feelings towards that. No, but, there you um, go. I'll answer yeah, that. You don't have to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. We have Adonis Thomas, former McDonald's All-American, played at the University of Memphis, informally with the 76ers. Uh, Ty Odiase. Played at University of Illinois, Chicago. He played in the Spanish ACB League as well as, uh, for me, with the Phoenix Suns Summer League team. And we have Emmett Williams, who just completed uh, his time at, uh, at LSU and is uh, actually will be draft eligible in this NBA draft. Uh, you know, he's got a chance to get drafted, there's no doubt. You guys obviously have a chance. Just, I mean, look, it's a 24-team single elimination. You, the good old anything-can-happen kind of thing is, is true. But, but you guys legitimately – I would say have a, have a good shot at this thing. Do you, do you agree with that? Uh, I wouldn't have come here if I didn't think we did. And, uh, you know, I have a personal relationship with everybody who's on the roster uh, prior to coming here, which I think also makes it more intriguing and it's going to make it a much more seamless transition. Uh, and, you know, we're excited. We've got four practices uh, before the game, which is, uh, which is good. And, and, again, I actually forgot to mention we've got Jerron Johnson on the team who – uh, played at Louisiana Tech, but but played for me with the RGB Vipers, uh, and now is one of the best players over in the uh, the French Pro A League. So, you know, I, again, I've got a personal relationship with these guys. I've worked with all of these guys before, so there will be familiarity with the system and with each other. And so, you know, I think that we've got a good group. I I have talked to um, you know just doing the UNM slash Albuquerque kind of connections um, to the tournament, and and not a whole lot of them this year. Obviously, you. Um, I did talk with Bryce Alford, who, who's sort of a somewhat late addition, but he's on, on the other side of the bracket, but he's on a team that's f- frankly looks pretty stacked too. Um, I don't know how long they've been together or what their connection is, but the money team, that's a pretty good little looking roster. But um, you even got Fran Fraschilla doing some of the commentary on this, I, I guess remotely, but Fran will be calling some of the games. Um, it would be nice to have a little bit more of a New Mexico connection, but it's still pretty cool, I think, to to have those to have the three of you guys kind of connected in some way do you know fran or bryce at all oh yeah of course yeah no i mean i used to train when bryce was in high school yeah uh, and i'd come back i'd train bryce um you know i you know my brother you know having played for for coach alford and um yeah bryce is great i, I keep in touch with him uh as well actually uh i i i, I try to get him on the uh well James Brago wanted uh, to know if he wanted to play with the Charlotte Hornets summer league team, but he actually had uh, had moved on to uh, to yeah. signing in Germany uh, up in Bayreuth. So, uh, but yeah, no, very familiar with Bryce, no doubt. Also coached against him, uh, you know, when he was with the Oklahoma City 
uh, G League team as well. Um, and uh, Fran, oh, I, I mean, I've known Fran for years. Obviously, you know, I joke with him, you know, that he didn't he didn't recruit me to New Mexico, so that's why <laughs> I went to Cornell. But I see him at every turn of a hat now at this point. In fact, we probably text maybe two times a week or more. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, so I really do know Fran, no doubt. So, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's fun, you know, just going to be a fun fun to get out there. But the atmosphere here is so unique. I mean, it's just hopefully it's not the new norm. Hopefully we can all get through this as a, you know, as a world and, and, uh, and start moving forward. But, uh, you know, masks everywhere, gloves, four people maximum in the elevators, no talking in the elevators. You know, I mean, things of this nature, like it's very, uh, it's very strict. So it's going to be interesting. I think it might be the healthiest team uh, has the best chance. <laughs> the, uh, you know, I don't think I'm giving away too much here, but I did ask Bryce what his role on his team is. And uh, I, I don't think you'll be surprised to say stand outside the three-point line and hit some shots. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt there. He's also got <laughs> Kyle Wilcher on that team who, <clears throat> played for me with the uh, RGB Vipers. So, yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, they've got a good good squad over there. All right, so what's your role as a coach? I mean, this is a unique setup as a coach. You don't have a whole off season. You don't even have really much of a preseason to to get, you know, everyone on the same page. You did say you have a previous relationship in some fashion with, with everyone on the roster, but it's not like you guys have practiced yet and stuff like that. What's What's the setup in terms of when you can actually all get on the floor and start practicing? Maybe you have already. And um, but but what's it like as a coach to to sort of try and put this together in a in a short time frame? Well, you know, I have a little bit of experience because when the uh, when the Phoenix Suns hired me to be the head coach of their G League team, I got that job after Earl Watson had got fired in the season that started, and so I actually had two practices uh, before my first G League game. So have a little, little bit of experience with the tight timelines. Um, but what I'll say is uh, everybody. Not only do I have a prior relationship with them, they're familiar with uh, the kind of system that I want to run. We've got a couple, you know, guys from the Memphis Grizzlies team. Uh, Taylor Jenkins runs a very similar system to what we're going to be doing as well. Jerron Johnson actually played for me, uh, you know, so and, and I've worked with him at Williams uh, in Miami uh, before. So, you know, again, and, and Kaiser, I've worked with Kaiser as well. And, and actually he played for Darren Ehrman, who's a good friend of mine, who's the head coach of the Boston Celtics League team. Again, there's five or six. NBA teams that run uh, different variations of, of what we are going to be doing. So I don't anticipate there being any issues there. These guys are all pros. They're really good players and they're good people. So I think that we will have no problems blending together. I mean, I've already, we've already done uh, three zooms. We've watched film. So we kind of know what we're going to do. Uh, we did those in, you know, the last week or so leading up to this, to, to, to meeting here. Um, we're going to have a film session before practice. We'll have practice tonight. You know, I've got all four practices have already been planned out for about a week or so. So, you know, we're, we're prepared. Uh, and again, these guys are, are really sharp. Part of the reason why we selected them. And, uh, I think there'll be just a logical connection between the past experience that they've had with me and, uh, the experience that they're going to have here. Very cool. The, the unique setup for, and again, just anybody who's listening, um, that doesn't know by now that this year's TBT is, is a 24 team setup and it's basically being condensed into a shorter time frame because you guys are all living basically in a bubble, kind of like what the NBA is about to do for a much longer period, but you guys are all in a bubble and, and getting tested frequently. Right. And, and 
uh, not not just beforehand, but I think during, do you also get tested? Every other day. Yeah, exactly. Every other day we'll get tested. Um, you know, it's condensed. Uh, it'll open play on the 4th and it'll end on the 14th. So, I mean, it's a 10-day tournament. It's a whirlwind. You know, we got to buy, so we're in the round of 16. So, you know, you, you try to come out and, and win four games. What's, uh, what's your opinion of the Elam ending? Yeah, I mean, I'm, it's going to be interesting. Um, you know, and, and I think it'll be fun to be a part of it, and it's different. And uh, I think there's some strategy behind how you attack it. Obviously, just try to be, trying to be ahead is the first part of that. But, um, you know, I, I'm, personally, uh, I'm, I'm more of a fan of, uh, you know, with timeouts and advancing the ball and, and things of that nature. But I understand it uh, for sure, right, because it always gives that team a chance and it removes the time element. But to me, the beauty of basketball is what happens in the last – you know, two minutes to be quite frank. You sound so, like a coach. You want timeouts sure. and you want to huddle up and draw everything down. Us fans love the Elam ending. We love the the every game ends on a shot, you know? Yeah, I mean, the thing is, is uh, most games tend to end on made shots anyways by themselves. So basketball is a good sport fair. as it is. Yeah, that, that's, <laughs> that's that's fair. I, I will say I, I love the Elam ending. I don't want it in, you know, any sort of regular season of college or, or the NBA. Um, but yeah, no, I, I do love it in, you know, in small little, uh, consumption, like, uh, like, like TBT or, or maybe even an, nah, probably not even an NIT. I wouldn't like it, but, um, preseason maybe. Yeah. 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 I can get down with that for sure. So, but, uh, no, yeah, I definitely sound like a coach, don't I? Well, Cause I am. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's get, let's get into that a little bit. You, uh, obviously the, the most recent stop in the coaching career, was at Memphis and, and names that people, you know, not even the, the real hardcore basketball fans would recognize, you know, working with Mike Miller, working certainly with the head coach, with Penny Hardaway. What, what was it like just with, with the personalities, first of all, and, and working with them? But then I also want to ask you about the team. You, you guys have, you know, so many NBA prospects on that team and obviously the, the well-documented issues with Wiseman. But um, first of all, what was it like working with the coaching staff at Memphis? Oh yeah, I mean it was uh, fantastic. When when Penny reached out to me about the possibility of this opportunity, to be quite honest with you, I did, first I didn't know him. I didn't know you know anybody affiliated with Memphis, and so that was uh, pretty cool on his part. And then you know at the end when obviously you know I got the job and and all that stuff. What I can say now a year later is you know he says what he does and he does what he says, which to me a lot of times those two things don't always add up with people. And so that's what I respect about him. You know he might be uh, you know a transcendent player a legendary player uh you know uh, uh someone who really transcended a you know being a big guard a scorer a distributor i mean outstanding but he's a great guy he's a really good person he is just a nice guy he treats everyone well treats everyone with respect and he's got a tremendous basketball iq and you know him and icidi in terms of uh our focus of, on development and helping players chase the best version of themselves and i think that's a huge element to to why he's been successful in his first two years and will be moving forward and then you just kind of go down the list, obviously, you know, Mike and his experience is outstanding. And, you know, he's a guy, you know, when you figure out how to stick in the NBA for 17 years, you're doing something right. So to get the opportunity to be around him was, was no doubt a blessing. And Tony Matlock, who's got 24 years of college experience, you know, he was most recently the interim head coach at, uh, at Ole Miss. I mean, he's just a great guy as well. So altogether, I mean, it's a great, it's a great group. And, and that doesn't even count, you know, our director of basketball operations, who was a great player himself, Rodney Hamilton. And then, you know, Dwight, uh, Dwight Boyd, our director of player development, who played at Memphis, you know, and was drafted by the, uh, by the Denver Nuggets. So, I mean, we've got 
a lot of really uh, good people around, I think, first and foremost. And, you know, I, uh, what Coach is building is pretty special. So there's no coincidence that, uh, that these recruits wanted to be a part of it and will continue to want to be a part of it. Well, um, I'll ask you about the players here in a second. I do want to ask, first of all, you're, you're an analytics guy. You're, you're into the numbers as much as just about anybody. And you're, I always took that to mean you, you were – and I correct me if I'm wrong, but your your resume would suggest you're you're an offensive guy. I look at your just basic Ken Palm type numbers, and you guys were a hell of a defense this year. And the offense wasn't as good, but you guys were more defense. What's uh, what are you, what are these Ken Palm numbers telling me? Is that is that pretty accurate from this past year that you guys were far more defense and oriented than than offense? What uh yeah well so here's you know uh I mean I love talking numbers right so this will be this will be a fun part of the conversation yeah um yeah we were first in the country in opponent uh, field goal percentage defense we were first in the country at defending the rim third in the country at defending the three point line holding opponents to twenty eight percent from there and again on the field goal side opponents shot thirty six point one percent against us overall right so we had an elite I, I love defense. The, let me let, let me say this real quick I love the fact that I had. I didn't even tell you I was going to ask you anything about numbers about your team and that you just rattled off a whole stat sheet to me. And that's just because that's, that's what you do. That's who you are. You, you know those numbers that quick. <laughs> I live them, right? And I you breathe do. them. So, you do. Um, so to me, with that, that's a, and we had the youngest team in the country, not the second youngest, not the third, fourth, or fifth. We had the youngest. We had nine freshmen, three sophomores. We had zero juniors, and we had one senior who, you know, was really a, a reserve. So – uh, when you kind of look at these numbers, I mean, to be that good on defense is very remarkable, especially because young teams usually struggle on that end of the floor. But Penny held everybody accountable on that end of the floor. And what we dangled was the carrot of the offense. Now, why you might look at our offensive efficiency numbers and things of that, no- that nature and say, hey, you know, the offense struggled. What we did do is we played at the sixth fastest pace, right? And so we said we were going to play fast, and then we played fast. And we actually operated 30% of our offense in transition. We shot almost 57% on those shots. And we were 19th in the country uh, in uh, assist percentage in terms of the rate of our, uh, or the percentage of our points that were assisted on, uh, which was also around 56, 57%. So uh, we did a lot of really good things on offense where we struggled were very glaring areas. And that starts with uh, turnovers. We were a very difficult turnover team, young team. So that, that makes sense. Um, But to Penny's credit, he could have easily put the brakes on and said, whoa, 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 let's walk it up. But he didn't because if we're going to recruit these kids and we're going to tell them that we're going to teach them to be players, not robots, then we need to allow them to learn through doing and learn from their mistakes, right? And so I think that's really what he did, but he did well. We also were, we also were not a great free-throw shooting team. And so when you have uh, the average margin of victory for our opponents in the games we lost being four points per game and you factor in turnovers and bad free-throw shooting, uh, there's no doubt that that could cost you, you know, a good three to four games in the loss column. And so, you know, I think what we're really excited about this year is obviously we lost Precious. James really was never even really a part of the team. I mean, only played three right. games, right? Right. So we lose Precious. Great player, first-round draft pick for sure. But we feel really good about the group that we have coming back and then some of the additions that we have coming in. And 21 win – uh, season is a good season no matter how you look at it. I know you guys were tied for fifth in the league and, and maybe the expectations were, were higher and all that, but maybe the expectations were a little unrealistic too for, for so much newness on the team. But you guys haven't shied away from expectation either. You, you, guys, you guys are going to have expectation again this year. And, and um, it, it, again, you lose two first-round NBA draft picks, one that really didn't play with you at all. 
you you guys should have had those expectations. They, you guys had a ton of talent, and next year you're going to have plenty of talent too. Yeah, and, and I think the, the thing too is, is that with our guys returning, well, I'll say now, now we're underrated. Maybe you could make the argument whatever we were overrated last year, but now we're kind of underrated based upon all the stuff that I'm seeing. Sure. And so I think we're really excited to go prove people wrong because, you know, Boogie Ellis, Damian Baugh, uh, Lester Quinones, DJ Jeffries, these guys are all professional prospects. We added Landers Nolly, who averaged 16 points a game in the ACC. You know, if, if the waiver situation comes in for him, he's an NBA prospect. Uh, we brought in uh, Ahmad Rand, who is a Juco high flyer, who I really feel good about. And, and then you look at, too, uh, the addition of DeAndre Williams, who was at Evansville, helped him beat Kentucky. You know, he had his name in the NBA draft, pulled that out. So, and uh, if he gets a waiver, you know, those, those are going to be some great additions to what we're doing along with the guys we've got coming back. So, to me, I look at it from that perspective. And also, little known fact, we had Malcolm Danridge, who was a top 100 uh, high school player. I mean, he was coming off of an ACL tear. And so, he still played, uh, you know, over half the games, but he was not 100%. So, and Isaiah Stokes was a Florida transfer who didn't get his waiver approved last year. So, he'll be eligible. So, you know, I like where we're at. Uh, I like where we're going. I like the fact that, uh, you know, it's kind of in the NBA, right? The big joke is what the best part about a rookie uh, is like when his rookie year ends because, yeah. you know, he's going to be a second-year player. What's the best part about a freshman is that he become a sophomore. So, yep. um, you know, we're excited to get back out on the court, I know, and, and uh, whatever the season looks like, uh, put the best version of ourselves on the floor and, and let the chips fall where they may. What's your role as, uh, you know, on the staff? And, and does, it, does it change at all? And obviously you guys have some – staff movement going on this offseason but what, what is your role I assume it has to do with offense and, and the numbers that, that we talked about and stuff but you know what is your role yeah um you know first it's it's to be an idea guy right to always be constantly helping coach uh, in terms of bringing new ideas to the table for him to sift through and for us to hash out and uh you know I think that's the biggest thing that any good assistant coach is uh is supposed to lock in on doing but uh, when you get down to, to really the details of it, you know, I've installed our analytics program, which is probably one of the most extensive in college basketball. I feel really good about that. Uh, and then, you know, we've got our player development stuff, which is a huge focus of what we do. That's another area that, that I haven't heavily involved in, of course, offense, like you mentioned, and then scouting. So, you know, it, it's, it's, it's not as segmented as like in the NBA where we've got offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, and obviously like my experience has been offensive coordinator, but what Igor Kukash always used to say is, you know, in order to be a great offensive coordinator, you have to know what the defense is going to do, sure. right? And so you have to understand what their coverage is, right? And then you've got to, you know, figure out how to punish it. And so to me, um, you know, that's kind of the way I look at the entire game. So, you know, it's, it's been a great experience so far. And, you know, the foundation is there. So, you know, and, and even during last year too, little, I mean, we had a 10-game win streak. We got ranked as high as number nine in the country. So, you know, we were right there. And, and I think the biggest thing, is that greatness is consistency. And so what we need to do is be consistent. What's the, uh, what's the situation like outside of basketball? You, I don't know if you, if the whole family moved, if, if what's going on with that, or I, I know they're not with you right now. I don't think anyway, it's just you right now, right? In the hotel I'm talking. Uh, yeah, just me in the hotel. Um, yeah. how, are, know, how are the, the kids? The bubble, everything? Yeah, the bubble's closed, but back in Memphis, the kiddos are doing great. So, you know, my oldest daughter, uh, um, Kinsley, she actually turns five on July 7th. Hopefully I'm still here because, you know, she said, Daddy, go, go win some money for my unicorn birthday. <laughs> so, um, you know, we'll try to make that happen. But, um, no, she's doing good. R my, Riley, my daughter, she just turned three. 
Uh, you know, they're at that young stage where right now they, they don't really know and understand kind of all the virus stuff that's going on. And I think it's probably pretty good. Also young enough that school was not difficult for, for us as parents, as I'm sure it was for other parents out there, right, who had to do varying levels of understanding, yeah. uh, you know, and, and teaching their kids uh, during the, the pandemic situation. So, so that's pretty good. My wife, Brittany, is doing great as well. You know, we love Memphis. The people in Memphis really welcome us with open arms. Um, and it's, uh, I mean, it's a basketball town. It's a tiger town. Um, they love their tigers. You know, it's, it's uh, similar to nature, what, you know, with the, what we used to see with the Lobos back in the 90s, you know, so where, you know, everywhere you go, you know, everybody knows everybody and that's kind of where we're at. And so it's made for a really fun, uh, fun atmosphere. You know what I mean? I can't pay for a donut uh, anywhere in the city. I mean, sometimes it's hard for us to pay for a meal and that just shows you the type of people uh, that they have there. So it's, uh, it's been a lot of fun so far. Again, we really enjoy Memphis. Well, let me follow on that a little bit. I'm not going to put you in, I'm not trying to put you in a, a overly awkward spot to, uh, to coach or comment somebody else's college team, but, but you did mention Memphis and, and their love for Memphis basketball. I'm, I'm looking at your bio right now on the Memphis website. And there's like a whole paragraph that talks about, you know, mom and dad, university of New Mexico, Chad, new university of New Mexico and, and all that. It, obviously the, the University of New Mexico is is something that is, and, and basketball, Lobo basketball, is something that's obviously near and dear to you and your family. How, how often do you still pay attention, if at all, to, to Lobo basketball? Obviously, you have other stuff going on. Um, but how often do you pay attention to Lobo basketball? And do your parents talk to you about, you know, all the games they still go to? Oh, yeah, no doubt. My mom gives me the recaps uh, all the time, <laughs> nonstop. So, yeah, I, uh, I'm, I'm definitely very – filled in you know I've got some good friends on that staff as well and so uh you know I definitely keep an eye on on the Lobos no doubt um I mean it's kind of just in our in our DNA so to speak even though I am officially uh Cornell Big Red uh or I guess a Cornell Bear I don't even know what you'd call it but uh <laughs> you know even though I was not a Lobo uh you know obviously those ties run super deep so uh always follow the Lobos always have a soft spot for them I mean I grew up in the pit that was where I learned what basketball was and so obviously a great venue and a great program. And, you know, I'm sure there'll be some great things on the horizon for them. So, you know, Paul Weir too has been a, has been a real good guy to me. Um, and so, you know, I've always had nothing but respect for him. What's, uh, what's next for you? Obviously you, you guys don't play till the, I think the sixth, is that right? Or is your first game on the sixth? First game Monday? on the sixth. I just, I literally, why we've been on this, I just got my, my test results back negative for COVID. So that's a good sign. So that good. means we'll have practice here. Yeah. We'll have practice here tonight. Uh, and uh, and go from there and and yeah four practices we'll play on the sixth that game is prime time on ESPN so it should be a lot of fun Re- a real time uh, COVID test result there I like it yeah exactly right and I'm glad it wasn't thought. the other way <laughs> yeah exactly I'm going home guys hey guys I need to uh, yeah I, I need to uh, I, I need to pack up and, and get back in the car and drive ten hours back so well I, I talked to like I said I talked to Bryce um just earlier today who happens he's not there yet in, in Ohio, but um, he, he was at his, at Corey's new place and Corey's given them a campus tour of, of where he's coaching there in Indiana. And then he's driving over to Ohio and, and Corey Alford being, you know, breaking into the head coaching ranks now too. So, so that's pretty cool too. I'm sure, you know, Corey, maybe not as well as Bryce, maybe you do, I don't know, but, but uh, Corey's now breaking into the coaching ranks. Yeah, no, I saw that. Yeah, I know. I was aware that, uh, you know, that he had done some stuff even at UCLA, grad assistant stuff, and, yeah. and then uh, and then followed uh, followed his father, and, and that now he's uh, 
Now he is coaching. Yeah, no doubt. I'm uh, not surprised at, at that one, one single bit. So numbers guy like you, I don't know, you know, to what levels, but he's, he's all about the, you know, basketball now is all about numbers and, and uh, those who embrace it, I, I think are, are flourishing. And uh, those who, who aren't, they're sort of kind of slowly falling by the wayside a little bit. Yeah, you know, I mean, I think that uh, just in general, the use of large data samples to make good decisions uh, has just generally been a good idea, right? Uh, along anything, along yeah. uh, everything in any capacity. And that's people hear analytics and they immediately get scared. But what they don't realize is behind every single business, there is analytics, right? So uh, Jeff Bezos may be the biggest winner of that of all time. So, um, you know, I think uh, people, don't, people don't understand. <laughs> Or like you get on Netflix, for instance, right? Netflix making your recommendations. There's an algorithm behind that that is using your past preferences to predict your next move and, and, and suggest uh, shows for you to watch based upon who you are, right? There's mathematics involved in that. That's analytics. So analytics are everywhere. They're in everyday life. And, you know, even though the word might be intimidating, analytics themselves should not be. You're awesome, man. I appreciate you doing this. And, and obviously you got stuff going on. You got to prepare. Now you got to prepare for a practice, you know, you can go to. So that's good. Um, but yeah, exactly. I, hope, I hope you enjoy it, man. It, it's, it's such a unique experience that um, I, I guess there's some level of you don't know how it's going to be. And, you know, I could ask you again in a couple of weeks, you might have a little bit different answer, but, but I hope you enjoy this, man. And I appreciate you taking the time to talk to, to us a little bit about it too. Always. Yeah. My pleasure. I'm, I'm excited. It should be fun. Hopefully we got a lot of people, uh, Rooting, uh, rooting for Eberline Drive uh, on the TBT. So uh, we'll, we'll do our best out there. And uh, maybe we'll get a chance to match up against Bryce. Yeah, well, the, the good news is if you were playing Bryce in this tournament, it's because you guys are both in that championship game. So that's good. Good. That's my hope. <laughs> that's my hope. All right, man. I appreciate you. Thanks for doing this. All right. Thanks, brother. We'll talk to you soon. All right, man. All right, well, there you go. There's a conversation with Cody Topper. Appreciate Cody for taking the time to do that. Love talking to Cody about analytics, by the way. He knows it 500 times better than, than I ever will, but I certainly enjoy the analytical part of basketball and um, and talking to him and, and those around the game who, who know the game and look at the game and just approach the game in, a, in an analytical way in just a very different way than the traditional box score or the traditional – Maybe even the old school um, basketball fan or coach or somebody might might approach the game. So I, I like talking to him about about that kind of stuff, and I like catching up with him about just his journey on on this coaching path. So appreciate him for taking the time, and certainly for talking about TBT and the basketball tournament and, and the chance to to maybe make a little make a little bit of money, but also give people around the country some actual live basketball to watch on ESPN and ESPN two over the next ten days or so. So. Um, very much appreciated. Got another one uh, in the can. Another, at least the conversation has been recorded. Got to set up the podcast, and early next week we'll release that one. A conversation with Bryce Alford, catching up with him, but also talking about the basketball tournament and uh, his his thoughts on on uh, this past season with Dad coaching at Nevada and coming back to the pit, and also his thoughts on Corey Alford, the the new head basketball coach. And when I talked to to Bryce and recorded the podcast or the conversation that I'll be using on the podcast. He was actually in Indiana getting a tour, a campus tour of Corey Alford's, um, where Corey Alford's coaching now in his first head coaching job. So that was pretty cool to talk to him, and uh, that'll be coming up next week. Hope you enjoy both of these. Um, again, as you guys know by now, there's no set schedule on my podcast. All things have been a couple months since the last one. 
And uh, now I got two coming in a, in a few day span and hopefully they'll, they'll be regular when I, when I can do that. But um, thanks as always for following along here. Thanks for all, as always for following along in the print edition of the Albuquerque journal, a lot of good work by the journal and my peers. And again, I've said it before, but proud to proud to be a part of a newsroom where so much really good work and dedication and talent is um, surrounding and, and just kind of being poured into the, the product that we're putting out. Proud of our print edition. Keep following us online to abqjournal.com. You can subscribe, support local journalism, big push all the time to support local business. Well, there is a locally owned newspaper in this state. The largest newspaper is locally owned and it is a local business. And that's the Albuquerque Journal and abqjournal.com slash subscribe is how you can subscribe to the paper and, and help us keep running, keep plugging away. So sports are coming. We finally got something to talk about a little bit with some sports. So hope you appreciate these podcasts. Look forward to bringing you another one here pretty soon. Stay safe out there and until next time. Thanks guys.